0: Boston Celtics lose their third in a row. I'll tell you why part of the problem is them not doing small, boring things. Plus, Jalen Brown needs to change his shot profile and why Joe Missoula scored some points on his side of the timeout debate. It's all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on, number 18, Tatum and Brown J-team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with Delario B. Corral above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. time, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jay's J's, how we started, raising banners, how we finish. Locked on, Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here in the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast dropped directly to your device if you are a subscriber. So make sure you are subscribed. You can do it on any podcasting app that you desire. If you want to download the audio version, if you want to watch the video, you can do so on YouTube. Subscribe there. Hop into the comments there. Discuss the game. Discuss the podcast. Tell me I'm right or wrong. That's all In there as part of a growing Celtics community. Uh, I'm John Corrales. I used to play professional basketball a long, long time ago. Now I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal, coming to you after the Celtics 120 117 overtime loss oh, to the New York Knicks. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash NBA. Hey, thanks for making this show your first listen every day. I do appreciate you doing that. Uh, later on, I'll get into Joe Missoula why he scored some points in his side, on his side of the timeout debate. All let's talk about timeouts. Let's be fair. Let's give Joe Mazzula a couple of points on that. Jalen Brown, his shot profile. Let's change that a little bit. He's got to change it. He has to. Uh, I'll explain that after a game where he admittedly did not play well. But let's start with the game and the boring small boring things that the Celtics didn't do on their way to this loss. They came out hot, right? They at one point they were hitting 73% of their threes. They ended up the first quarter hitting half their three-pointers, which if you're if you're a true follower of this team when the Celtics finished 6 of 12 in the first quarter from 3, you thought, hmm, this might be bad news. This might be bad news, and guess what? I think it was. I think one of the worst things that could have happened to this team was them hitting six of their first 12 three-pointers because if you move the slider ever so slightly to about halfway through the second quarter to the end of the game, the Celtics shot 7 of 27 from 3, 20- Five point nine percent so basically 26% from three the rest of the way after the midway point of the second quarter. That's not so good. And when the Celtics got going early, I think they relied on that late. And Joe Missoula said, our offense, basically he said our offense didn't do us any favors. Our offense put us in a position to uh, have to basically defend turnovers and you can't defend a turnover miss shots at the rim you can't defend what happens after that cuz it's transition it, it, it's like a pick six in football right at your own goal line you're right there you're right at the end but the, all all that means is there's nobody behind you so once they get past that first line it's it's a wide open field same thing in basketball you miss a layup it always turns into a layup on the other end because everybody's kind of sucked down below the free throw line you miss, rebound, outlet, boom. It's a two-on-one or a two-on-none or one-on-none. And it turns into points. The Celtics, They they just, I think what we saw in this game was the Celtics come out strong. They came back home after a couple of tough losses in Florida. They came out, they were looking good. I mean, they were looking good to start. They had a 15-point lead in the first quarter. I don't say that to say, oh, my God, they blew a 15-point lead. No, they were playing well enough to be up 15 on the Knicks. And then after things looked good, they felt comfortable, they said, okay, we've proven our point. Now let's just cruise through the rest of this game. And you know what they that that did? Nothing. It got them into trouble. It got them... Uh, a 32-26 quarter from the Knicks, and then they gave up a 33-25 quarter in the third because they came out and they were playing uh, basically no defense. They were allowing a ton of points. Uh, New York got 48 points in the paint to Boston's 42. Boston got away from attacking the rim. I thought in the first quarter, they not only were hitting a ton of threes, they were attacking the rim really, really nicely. With no Mitchell Robinson in there, I thought they they had free free run to the the rim, and they kind of got away from that. The Celtics came out, played great early, then kind of cruised. Third quarter sucked. Fourth quarter, they said, oh, okay, now it's time to start really ramping this up. Let's do something here. Let's make our run. They were down, what, 14 at one point? And... Then they started aggressively doubling uh, Mitchell. I'm not Mitchell. What am I saying? They started aggressively <laughs> doubling uh, Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson. Don't worry. My brain will get there. They started aggressively, ag- aggressively doubling and forcing turnovers and forcing misses and running off of those misses. And Jason Tatum went off in the fourth quarter and next thing you know, a bunch of effort and some real strong, aggressive defense that we didn't see in the in the third quarter at all. Suddenly, the Celtics were playing hard and 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 going on a big, big run. Which begs the question: Why didn't you play this aggressively earlier? Look, the Celtics. We've seen this from the Celtics. We've seen this. Uh, level of play. We've seen this kind of lapse against teams that are below them. We've seen it over and over and over again. This is a tough time of year. It's a tough. I know they just won nine. And I brought up this scenario to Joe Missoula and he's like, no, we just won nine in a row. It's not, it's not about the time of year. And I still agree. I still disagree with him. I think it is this time of year because you win those nine in a row. And it's hard to keep that rolling because you're like, ah, oh, we got it. We're cool. You know, uh, you lose. You go into Orlando short, short-handed. You lose. You go into Miami. Same thing. You lose. Winnable games. You come into New York. You come out strong. And all of a sudden, you just let let go of the rope, so to speak. And you stop doing the small, boring things, as Joe Missoula likes to say. The small, boring things are the things that are going to get you to win. And this is why the Celtics struggle – Sometimes, against these bad teams, they they are boring. the The making sure you're getting to the right spot on the floor and you're properly spaced and that you're setting a pick at the right angle and rolling the right way, and everything is precise. All the little tiny details are precise. It does get boring. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, this thing again. And it gets boring for everybody. I'm sorry. I'm it, 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 the, this podcast sometimes. Yeah, if I'm not careful, this podcast can get boring for me. So I have to make sure that I'm bringing it every day. And I bet you, if you're one of those people, thank you for doing so, listening every day, I bet you you can tell which shows. You say, geez, Johns, what's, what's wrong with him? My cadence changes, my enthusiasm changes. Sometimes you wake up and you say, I don't want to do the thing I'm supposed to do today or whatever it is. You're fine. But this particular task, uh, I don't want to do it. Can't I just get by without it? And invariably you cannot, sometimes you can, but you cannot, you of all, you know, it, you know, it It happens to you at work. It doesn't matter how much money you make doesn't because sometimes you do some, the something over and over and over again, after a while. You just come into a game be like, ah, eh, don't, I'm not feeling it. You know, Larry Bird came into a game and played left-handed one day because he was bored. Now he's Larry Bird and he gets to do that. But also they won that game by one and they had to play the whole game. And if, if that game existed in social media times and it came out after the game, oh yeah, I just got bored. I played the whole thing left-handed. I'd come onto this podcast pissed off. Like, yeah, Larry, you're great. We all love you. But you just made everybody play 15 more minutes that they didn't have to play because you decided to play left-handed. That's how that would have gone. And he's just, "Eh, I was bored. So boredom happens. But if you're going to be a champion, if you're going to go out there and play and be a champion, that's the stuff you got to do. It's not exactly inspirational stuff, but that's what you got to go do. You got to go out there and do the small, boring, things. That was Joe Missoula's message after the game. Jalen Brown agreed with him. Jason Tatum agreed with him. That, those little things add up. And if you want to be a champion, you got to do the things that most human beings can't do. That's the irrational but necessary ask of a champion. A champion in sports does the things that most human beings cannot or are not willing to do whether it's practice whether it's every day jumping into a cold tub like literally a big giant tub of ice <laughs> i cannot I express to you how crappy that is are you willing to do the physical work the stuff that people don't see the work in the gym that people don't see are you willing to go out there and do the little details that stupid little crap that, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know, but are you willing to do it? Are you willing to get past that natural human tendency? They didn't do it in this game. And you say, okay, look, three games in a row, it sucks. Philly's now two and a half games back. That sucks. But still the best team in the league, and you're going to go through the ups and downs. So I'm not like... You're coming on here and saying, ah, what are you doing? You're ruining everything. No, no, it's a loss. It's, it's fine. It's fine. But, you know, these little losses here and there, the one in Miami, this one where you had it, you kind of had it right there and you, you couldn't pull it off. Those are tough. Those are tough ones to swallow. And the Celtics are going to have to find ones that you kind of pull out of your butts and you say, well, they, they shouldn't have won that one. And you end up pulling that one out. Now they have a couple of those on, on their resume as well. You have to have a few more of those to balance these out. Because these hurt. Losing to the Knicks. Missing that shot, Jaylen, Jason Tatum. Missing a very makeable, very good look at the end from the Paul Pierce spot. That would have been fantastic. I would have written a story about Paul Pierce gets to that spot and he did the exact same thing Paul Pierce does and that would have been a fun story to do but he missed it if he had made that then the entire tone changes still a little upset about like okay guys don't don't put yourself in that position but hey you got away with it this time they didn't get away with it they didn't uh jalen brown let's get into jalen brown uh because he did not have a good game but he almost went from like the so to speak zero to hero huh He almost did that but if he's gonna be if he's gonna be his absolute best self he's gonna have to change his shot profile and i'm gonna talk about that next first small business owners hiring managers you know that success in 2023 depends on the team members you surround yourself with just like the celtics just like they invited a bunch of people to camp and just like they're trying to add new people to the mix you're trying to do the same thing well You don't have a free agency pool. You've got LinkedIn jobs instead. With LinkedIn jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values and experiences to help you achieve your goals. I used to be a hiring manager. I also grew up in a small business. I know how hard this is. So LinkedIn jobs can make it so much easier because it helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, your company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Then you identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn jobs and connect with them fast and for free. It makes it super easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one. In delivering quality hires versus leading competitors, so LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com/slash, locked on That's LinkedIn.com/slash locked on NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Why not make Locked On game to game your second listen every day? While the Celtics were playing, five other NBA games were being played. You didn't catch up on you, – you didn't see any of them. You can catch up on all of them with Locked On Game to Game. It's on the Locked On NBA feed. It features little bits, one minute or so from each side to get you both sides of the story. That's how that works. Get Locked On Game to Game on the Locked On NBA feed. Two great podcasts on one feed. You can even watch them both on YouTube. Celtics uh, really only got – they got a bunch of kind of uh, like okay games, I guess. But Jason Tatum was was good. Jalen Brown was kind of not. Uh, Tatum had the big stretch in the fourth quarter and in overtime, but not enough. If I have one criticism of Tatum, though, it's that he – he kind of put his head down a lot. And there was a stretch in the overtime, especially where I, I tweeted out. I said, because I watched Jalen Brown just kind of like run around the perimeter saying, hey, hey, I'm open. I'm open. Come on. Give me the ball. Give me the ball. And nobody even looked Jalen's way. No one looked Jalen's way. Now, he finished the night 8 of 22, 1 of 8 from 3, 5 of 7 from the free throw line. Oh, he missed two free throws, John. How? Jeez, I don't remember those two free throws that he missed. Can you tell me about them? Sure. Random person in my head. Jalen finally gets the ball in overtime. I tweeted out, Jalen would like to touch the ball once. They call a timeout. They come out. Boom. Jalen drives baseline. Boom. Layup. Celtics in overtime up by one. Celtics come down. Fouled Julius Randle. He hits two free throws. Celtics come down. Jalen gets the ball again. Fouled. Two free throws. You have a chance to win or at least tie this game. With 20 seconds or so left, <sighs> Jalen misses the first. Jalen misses the second. Crap. After the game, Jalen says those two free throws basically kind of embodied the entire night. And he just fell on his sword. And he, you know, respect to him for doing that. You know, he did finish with 22. 22. But he had three turnovers. He shot 36%, 36.5%. Like I said, one of eight from three. And I look at this shot profile and I say, you know, man, one of eight from three. Why Why are you taking any three-pointers? Why Why are you taking this many three-pointers? It's time to address the Jalen Brown shot profile because the the numbers, I think the numbers back up a little shift. People will say, well, three is more than two, so he should be taking more three pointers. And I say two is more than three when you make more twos than threes. There's a certain number, there's a certain percentage where the numbers say, you know what? No, more twos actually. And I think we're at that point. So we're 50 games into the season. Jalen hasn't hasn't played all of them, obviously, but he's played it enough. He's shooting, he came into this game shooting 58% on two-pointers. Now, that's going to drop a little bit because he shot uh, 7 of 14 on two-pointers in this one, so that that's 50%. So he shot 50%, he's going to drop. So let's just say uh, it drops a little bit. 50. Whatever it is, he's right around 58% from two. And in that 14 to 16-foot range, Couple steps in from the th- the free throw line, a step behind the free throw line, those jumpers are generally falling at about fifty five percent. So somewhere in that fifty five to fifty eight percent range is is Jalen Brown's sweet spot. Now two pointers obviously include going to the rim, and he goes to the rim very well, generally speaking. So here's why the numbers make sense to me, and I I'll rattle them off and. I know I'm not a numbers guy, but hopefully those of you who are numbers people say, okay, John, you're actually making sense. If he's shooting a hundred shots, I like to just say a hundred shots at these percentages, it's a nice round number. It makes the percentages easy. But if he makes a hundred shots at his uh, 58% on two pointers, he'd score 116.2 points, 116 points. To get to 116 points on three-pointers, he would have to shoot 38.7% to match that, that two-point scoring rate. You say 38.7%, okay, that's that's reasonable. All right, well, Jalen Brown's been in the league for seven years. He's only crossed that twice and gotten close to it once. So two out of seven seasons have been better than that. This season, a one of them tell you that much career wise, he's shooting 36 and change from three. So historically, even if he has a good, a good shooting season, 38%, I would I'd say perfect. 38 is great. Jalen shoot 38%. But if you're going to shoot the 58% on two pointers and 55% on those mid range shots, Then I say, step in to a couple. Let's start shaving off a couple of these three-pointers and get a couple more of these two-pointers. Not a drastic thing. I'm not saying don't shoot any three-pointers. You still have to be a threat. But take two or three of those three-pointers per game and drive it. Just focus on driving it because you're going to put up more efficient scoring nights by stepping inside the three-point line because your three-point percentage is just historically not going to be good enough if your two-point percentage is like this. That's the thing. If your two-point percentage is this high, then you go for the twos. And that increases your chances of getting fouled. The more two-pointers you take, the closer to the rim you get, the more you drive. You can get a couple more three-pointers out of this. So, I mean, three-point plays out of this, not three-pointers. So you can still pile up points. You can still get three points at a time. just got to do it differently. You got to make the free throws. I think it's time to adjust Jalen Brown's shot profile. And this game tells me that... uh, I, I think this is evidence in my, in my favor. The Jalen in this game shot 50% from two, but 12.5% from three. I, you got to be a threat from three. I understand that. And I understand the math and all of that. I do get it. I do. But for Jalen, the math is not in his favor, it's just not. He could have played a better game, but I think if you take three of those three pointers that he took and you turn those into drives, this is a, this is a different game for him specifically. They might win this game. At least I would say, just think about it. Just think about the opportunities, just somehow get, get something mentally. It's a, it's a, it's a change in the mentality. Look to attack. He had said it earlier this season too. When he attacks, he's better. He just needs to stop thinking that he's an elite three-point shooter. You're a good three-point shooter. Okay. You're not a great three-point shooter. You're good. League averages. What's league averages here? Like 36 and a half percent or so. So you're an above average three-point shooter. You're good. So. Adjust Just adjust your game a little bit, man. Just adjust it a little bit. You'll be an all-NBA player. <laughs> You'll be an all-NBA player if you do it this way. And there's still take five three-pointers a game. That's plenty. That's plenty of three-pointers. Plenty of opportunities. And you know what? If they're falling, go nuts. Take eight, nine, ten of them if they're falling. Have those big games. If you're feeling it, sure. But don't don't have that be the default that's all I'm saying a couple of things happened in this game where I was like huh maybe Joe Missoula has a point a lot of people criticizing him for his timeout usage a lot of it's legitimate but Joe has a counterpoint and there are a couple of points in this game where I was like you know point point to Joe Missoula I'll explain those in just a minute first the NFL playoffs are here and we are very, very excited to have our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. It's FanDuel. And if you're new, that's great. Hell, it's even in your favor. They've got so many great features that it makes betting on sports fun and easy. So you, new customer, join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed. It's not a Charles Barkley guarantee. It's an actual guarantee. All you gotta do is place your first $5 bet. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to the point spreads to player props. You can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. It's all on an app that is safe, secure, super, super easy to use. So if you're a football fan, I know we're, we're getting close to the Super Bowl matchups, so you don't want to miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get a $150, uh, $150 in free bets. Win or lose, that's what a guarantee is. You win, you lose, doesn't matter. You place one $5 bet, you get 150 in free bets. But you gotta do it at fanduel.com slash locked on. fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Please gamble responsibly. Hey, shout out to Jason Tatum for being an uh, all-star starter. Congratulations to him. Jalen Brown did not get uh, the all-star starter, but he is uh, definitely going to be an all-star. He was third in fan voting, so he'll definitely make the all-star team. Uh, so in, in uh, advance Congratulations to Jalen for that. Uh, looking down the uh, rest of this box score, uh, Al Horford was okay. You know, it's nothing, nothing special there. <laughs> Rob was good, uh, eight points, twelve rebounds, five offensive rebounds. He's offensive. His offensive rebounding is insane. He was a plus twenty-one. Good things happened on the floor with him. Derek White. Uh who no, he wasn't in foul trouble. It felt like I don't know, it felt like maybe he was just complaining for other guys. Uh 15 points. He was okay. He was he was pretty good. Um Malcolm Brogdon was he didn't shoot well, but you know, okay. Grant Williams was bad in this game. Terrible, terrible game for Grant Williams. If anything, I think Grant he just needs to be more consistent. He he, he just needs to be we need to see kind of like a regular performance. I I I'm not really Interested in hey, this is a great Grant Williams game. Oh, this was a bad Grant Williams game. I mean, everybody's gonna have up and down, right? But you, you want to see more consistency out of him. Uh, Peyton Pritchard got 13 minutes, hit a few shots. Luke Cornett was Neh, in a couple minutes. Sam Hauser hit his first two threes, miss, missed his second two, so he shot 50% from three. That's that's good. Um, uh, so yeah, that was that. Uh, but I did see a couple things in this uh, game that made me think, oh, wow, Joe Mazzulla, he scored a couple points in this great timeout debate. Everybody wants to get on to, like, everybody talks about Joe Mazzulla's timeouts, and his. I get asked about that on the radio. Uh, you heard Sean Grandy uh, make a joke about it on, on the broadcast. Uh, what game was it? Was it Toronto or Orlando? Where he said, hey, you live long enough, you see everything. Uh, Joe Missoula calls a timeout. It's, it's a topic of conversation, and he's one. I I've had a, I had this conversation in yesterday's podcast where I think sometimes you got to call a timeout, and I think ultimately, before I get into this, there's a balance, and and he's right, and we're right, and there there's a balance, and you have to just he has to be open to adjusting in certain situations, like I said in yesterday's podcast. Sometimes you just need to call a timeout to get some people some rest. You know, and and substitutions be damned. They're going to make their subs. You got to trust your guys to be better than their guys when they're fresh. You just got to trust it, right? If you trust your guys to do the right things, you also got to trust them to be better than the other team. Matchups be damned. And we have to be open to the idea that, hey, maybe the timeouts don't always work the way we think they're going to work. For example, Joe Missoula called a timeout in the third quarter. There was a Knicks. Knicks were on a 7-0 run. Knicks outscored the Celtics 7-5. We ended up being a 14-5 run. Celtics didn't get those seven points back. Celtics didn't get any, any big stop and say, oh, okay, good thing you called that timeout. That really worked. I think a lot of times when people say, okay, oh, got to call a timeout here. There's a timeout. We feel good. Call the timeout. Then kind of what happens afterwards doesn't matter. All we know is that you called the timeout. You did it. Now let's reset, go out there. And if it doesn't work, you say, "Ah, all right, all right, whatever, whatever. But it's not whatever because if the timeout doesn't work. Then maybe letting the guys play through it would have worked. But Joe called the timeout and I'm not disagreeing with that. Like, I I think you should have called the timeout there, but he's going to point to that and say, Hey, we gave up. We gave up. We got outscored after that fourth quarter. Thibodeau calls two timeouts. Oh, (laughs) this was a quick one. Derek White hits a three pointer, it's a 10 point game, and he calls a timeout. Okay, you don't want to get them, you don't want them to get any momentum. You want to get guys back on track, fine. But also, Jason Tatum was about to check in at the next stoppage, and you gave them the stoppage for him to check in. Well, I just said you got to trust your guys to be better than the other guys. There, you know, with their matchup, but you're also letting Jason Tatum back in the game, MVP candidate, and it, the Celtics went on an 18 to 8 run. Tips called two timeouts in that stretch, didn't stop the Celtics. What good was that? My whole point is, if we're going to be critical of Joe Mazzulla when he doesn't call the timeouts. Let's give him the points that he scored when he's right. I bring it up to say, sometimes you don't call the timeout. Sometimes the timeout is more for, oh, well, this is what I'm supposed to do now. So I'm just going to call the timeout. Like, we're all conditioned. Oh, 7-0 run. Ugh. 7-0 is, that? okay, you didn't call a the timeout there. you got to call it if it's 9-0 or 10-0. Because we expect it. I've said this on the podcast before. We have a cadence in our heads. We we've seen, we've watched enough basketball, and everybody kind of calls the timeouts at the same same fashion. There's a run, there's a little bit. You just like five two, and you say, Okay, five two. It's not a big deal. Seven, two, we need to score here. They didn't come down nine, two. All right. I oh, no timeout there. All right. Okay. That should have been a timeout. I think that should have been. A timeout. You're all at, at home debating with. I think that should have been a timeout. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you get a stop here. Oh, 11, 2, 12, 2. They hit a three. That was a three. Oh, my God. Now, yeah, timeout. Thank you. Thank you. How many times have you said that when a coach calls a timeout? Thank you. Right. But we don't pay attention to what happens afterwards. Joe Mizzoula does. And you got to give him credit. You got to give him credit for there's a reason behind it. He is a young coach, an inexperienced head coach for sure. Um, But he's not dumb. He's a pretty smart guy. And you watch the mic'd up stuff and some of the behind the scenes stuff, and you start to piece together the little things. And, you know, he's not going to be like Ime. You know, Ime Yudoka would come out after a game like this and be a lot more pointed with his criticism. That's his style. Some coaches do that. Other coaches don't. Joe's not going to do that very often. Uh, Not to the press, but he does do that in behind the scenes. It's not like he just lets these guys go behind the scenes. And he has a reason for calling timeouts the way he does. And I'm for it. I think, hey, challenge the norm. Challenge the convention. Sometimes he's right. Sometimes he's wrong. And as long as he understands, okay, I was wrong in this, in this spot. And he said it a couple of times. So hopefully he's adjusting on the fly. It's not even the all-star break yet. So hopefully he's figuring things out and there are opportunities later on where he will start using it a little bit more. I want to highlight these because that's, There are points in his favor. And we can't ignore when we're arguing about something. And even if you're still steadfast in your belief, that doesn't mean you get to discount the other side scoring points. You don't get to discount the other side's evidence. If you're in a court of law and you're winning the case and the other side presents good evidence, you can't be like, ah, I don't care about that evidence. I'm right. No good evidence. You're like, oh damn, that was good evidence. How does that affect my argument hmm do i need to rethink my argument do i need to adjust my argument do i need to do i need to do anything to maybe hmm, go the other way just a little bit just soften just a little bit it's all part of it that's how we do things that's how we come to actual solutions celtics need to find a solution pretty quick because the lakers are in town it's lebron it's anthony davis and uh, that's going to be a tough one because they're going to be up for this one. Lakers Celtics is always a thing. And this is going to be a big one Saturday night, 8 30. Here's what I'm going to do I am not going to do an immediate post game podcast because I'm going to be, it's an 8 30 game. It's on ABC. It's going to be late, late, late. It's already, this is a 7 30 TNT game. And I'm recording this at 3 30 in the morning. So I apologize, I am not going to record a podcast at 4.30 in the morning and go to bed at 5 or 5.30. I am going to go to sleep, wake up on Sunday, and then late Sunday morning, early Sunday afternoon, I will record a podcast and release it then. Ultimately, it'll only be a few hours difference, but don't expect one right away. It's still Sunday, it'll be there there all day Sunday it'll be there all day Monday so that will effectively be the Monday podcast so if you'd like to subscribe get that show sort of post game subscribe wherever you get your podcast whatever app you use want to subscribe on YouTube please do that hop in the comments tell me I suck tell me I'm great tell me I'm wrong tell me I'm right whatever it is hop in there let me know discuss things with fellow Celtics fans. And if you are a subscriber, I'd love it if you share the podcast, tell your friends and everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.